This is IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. I'm your host, Lee Llewellyn. Dave Tucker, Vincennes University's Vice President for Workforce Development and Community Services, has devoted the past 15 years of his career uh, partnering with employers, elected officials, school corporations, and LIDOs on meeting workforce needs in communities across the state of Indiana. A native of Vincennes, Tucker holds a law degree from Indiana University and a bachelor's degree in political science from DePaul. So Dave, I want to thank you for joining me today. You and I have crossed paths on many occasions, and I appreciate you taking time to do the podcast. Uh, so Lee, let's... Yeah, Lee, it's really good to be here. And uh, uh, certainly, you know, uh, you and I've had a chance to work together uh, a lot over the years. And uh, I very and much still, support. And you still talk to me anyway, Dave. That's I right. Wanna, I want to I thank you for that. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's because I support the mission uh, of the IEDA. How about that? All right. That's good. Uh, so I appreciate your time today. So let's start. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure everybody has a real good sense of Vincent's University. Uh, so let's start with uh, a kind of an overview of Vincennes and where it fits within sort of the educational institutions in Indiana. Yes. So Vincennes University is one of the seven uh, Indiana state supported uh, colleges, and uh, we are the oldest college in Indiana and the oldest state college in Indiana, founded in 1801 as the Jefferson Academy. We're located our main campus is in Vincennes which is in the southwest corner of Indiana uh, and we've got a campus in Jasper Indiana we've got a uh, a a one building uh, campus in Indianapolis the aeronautical training center which is on the north side of uh, the airport and our mission primarily uh, is as a two-year uh, junior college we uh, do many, many uh, two-year associate's degrees uh, that are focused on both transfer. So a student that wants to ultimately get a bachelor degree or higher can come to VU, get their associate's degree, and then transfer that towards their bachelor degree. Or the other focus that we have is really on career-oriented uh, programs. So these are students that graduate from high school or have graduated from high school, and they are looking for an associate's degree or a shorter term credential that will get them successfully launched into the workforce. Okay, that's helpful. I think that gives us a, a good perspective and a good starting point. Uh, so your title is Vice President for Workforce Development and Community Services. There's a lot packed into that. So what does that mean within your title about how you spend your day and what your role is relative to economic development? Sure. So I think that, you know, I've, I've been around Lido's uh, long enough to know uh, that one component of, of your jobs and one priority that your uh, members put on you is the development of talent in the geographical area that you serve. So uh, workforce development, uh, the first part of my title is really about uh, helping uh, communities uh, and employers and learners and their families get to uh, the skills and competencies 
uh, they need to get to the job uh, that they want to hold. Um, so uh, I work, uh, have worked for years with businesses, uh, helping them uh, with connecting them with VU training programs that deliver to them workers that they need. Uh, and I've worked with uh, lots of Lido's over the years on uh, taking uh, the Lido's understanding of what uh, their community needs and developing programs uh, specifically uh, to meet those needs. So that's the workforce side. And I spend uh, a lot of my time driving around the state of Indiana. I know lots of Lido's around the state uh, and know most of the communities uh, and regions uh, around the state. And I serve on the workforce side of the entire state of Indiana. On the community services side, I'm focused primarily in southwestern Indiana, where we run a number of programs that would be traditionally associated with, in your minds with uh, nonprofit agencies. So we uh, run the Work One offices in a number of counties in southwestern Indiana. Uh, we uh, teach adult basic education and high school equivalency prep uh, in a number of counties. We run an area agency uh, on aging, and we do a number of outreach programs to at-risk youth who are at risk of uh, not completing high school or carrying on to higher education. And uh, again, I think on the workforce development side, obviously that's something that meshes very closely with, with our economic development priorities. And Vincent's uh, university has identified a number of industries where there's a critical workforce need. And uh, I'd like you to talk a little bit about each of those critical areas that you've identified and uh, a little bit about what what the programming is that Vincennes offers. So, so maybe start with Allied Health. Sure. What we have seen um, is that hospitals, um, nursing homes, other medical uh, providers uh, have an acute need for uh, workforce across the state. And uh, VU, in addition to offering uh, an LPN program, uh, an RN program and a uh, bachelor in nursing program on our campus, we provide allied health training um, at numerous locations across the state. Uh, and if we aren't in your community, we can probably figure out a way to get there through a partnership. We focus primarily on certified clinical medical assistants or CCMAs, um, which are needed uh, just about everywhere. But we also do uh, phlebotomy. We do some dental assistance training. Uh, and we've got some other programs um, that we can bring. Uh, but we're partnered with a number of learning centers and career centers uh, around the state. And certainly, if that is a need that uh, your members feel would be beneficial to their community, we'd be glad to talk to them about that. So, and I know this is a big need, CNC machining. Talk about that. Sure. We've been uh, partnered with Haas Automation, the uh, biggest uh, machine tool maker uh, in uh, North America uh, for many, many years uh, in our workforce development training. And we uh, do training at our training facility 
on the campus in Vincennes. Uh, we also offer training uh, at a facility in Lebanon, Indiana, just on the northwest side of Indianapolis, uh, where we train, do a variety of training uh, in CNC machining. And that is really uh, supplemental to the degrees that we offer, are, offer on campus in a partnership that we have with, a, with an Indiana CNC maker called Herco. Uh, but everything from uh, basic operator training, which is uh, a training that takes a couple of weeks, all the way through a 15-week, uh, what we call Right Skills Now uh, training program that would train a person to be an entry-level CNC machinist at just about any shop. Uh, we do, but then we also have the ability to to offer higher uh, level courses, mill level two, uh, lathe level two, for those people that are familiar with with machining, as well as multi-axis training and computer-aided manufacturing drawing. A number of years ago, I did a the motorsports study for uh, Purdue University, where we were mapping the motorsport footprint all around the state. <clears throat> and I know when I interviewed. Uh, a number of the motorsports entities and some of the uh, other just manufacturers, they talked about just how, I mean, they would almost take just about any kid got out of uh, the VU CNC training sight unseen. They felt that it was that strong of a program. And I'm guessing right now that CNC machinists are probably in high demand. Yes, those uh, graduates out of our program uh, typically have more job offers than we have uh, graduates. But one of the things that I would say that 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 is important, you know, is for leaders who have uh, machine shops uh, or manufacturing operations that involve machining, put them in, in touch with me and I'll connect them to our placement office and our College of Technology. And that way you can get in uh, with, with them. Uh, you can participate in our job fairs and, and in recruiting. And the other thing that I think is really important, uh, you know, for for Lido's to know is is that one of the best ways to keep talent in in their communities is to recruit these kids while they're in middle school, while they're in high school, get them uh, to a program like one that we run uh, at Vincennes figure out a way to get them some scholarship dollars to make it uh, even more affordable uh, than what our in-state uh, tuition is and get them some uh, summer job experience, some intern, some holiday work, all those kinds of things so that when the, so that when the local student graduates from Vincennes, uh, they already know they're coming back to their home community. Uh, and they've got a good job work waiting for them. Well, and and talking about demand, another place where I think there's high demand that I know Vincennes University uh, also has some training is in the construction trades. Yeah, we've been partnered for more than 20 years now with the Associated Builders and Contractors of Indiana. Those are the non-union uh, construction uh, companies located uh, across Indiana. And we have a great program with them that couples a, a USDOL uh, construction trades apprenticeship uh, in a variety of trades. Uh, what The ones that would typically come to mind would be carpentry and electrical and HVAC 
and plumbing and sheet metal. But we do a number of these construction uh, trades, apprenticeships in partnership with ABC. And then we couple that uh, with uh, Vincent's University General Education courses so that upon completion of the program, it takes four years to do this, mind you, but upon completion of the four-year program, the graduate comes out uh, with a a USDL journeyman's card, as well as a VU associate's degree. And it is a very, very powerful program. It, it, number one, provides a great talent pool to the contractors in in those communities. We do this programming uh, at six locations across the state. So a student and or a contractor isn't required to spend time uh, on our campus. They do all of the education and training regionally. And the, the other really, really powerful pr- part of this is that these apprentices, they realize uh, great wage gains over the course of their four-year apprenticeship. And when they're finished, they do have a journeyman's card, uh, which, is a, you know, which is one of the most powerful workforce credentials that a person can have transferable to anywhere in the state, anywhere in the country. Journey workers are, are universally employable. I think right now, I know as I'm trying to get uh, things done at my house, trying to find somebody, uh, uh, most of the places that are doing construction or anything like it are scrambling for workers. Uh, so it's good to know that there's at least a training opportunity, if, even if we can't quite find the people for them. Yeah, and I'd certainly encourage, you know, leaders uh, who have, uh, you know, construction company uh, members that are non-union uh, to take a look at the ABC apprenticeship program. It's a it, it's a great way to recruit talent uh, because there's a pathway forward. You know, a a parent uh, or a or a graduating high schooler or somebody coming back from from uh, military service can look at that apprenticeship as can see a career path. Uh, rather than just an entry-level job, right? It's it's an entry-level job at the very first stop, but then over the course of four years, you're progressing to this journeyman status, getting wage gains, having full-time employment, and uh, picking up an associate's degree at the end as well. Uh, next on the list is uh, industrial maintenance. Well, that's probably our biggest in-demand program that we have right now, Lee. Um, you know, we we see the need for industrial maintenance technicians just about everywhere we go. The biggest need, of course, is in manufacturing. And with uh, a third of, of Indiana's uh, GDP uh, driven by uh, manufacturing, uh, you can imagine that that is a big need. And I would think that most of your leaders, when they talk to their employers about where there's a where there's a real gap, uh, they're going to hear about industrial maintenance technicians. Uh, but we do industrial maintenance technician training at our training facility in Lebanon. So it's pretty accessible for people. It's very accessible for people in, in central Indiana, and it's not too bad of a drive for people in northern Indiana. Uh, we also do that training in Plainfield, Indiana. The city of Plainfield just op- opened a new facility called Made at Plainfield, and we've been doing logistics uh, training on the west side in Plainfield uh, for 10 years, but we just moved into the Maid facility uh, last month, and we'll continue to do industrial maintenance training there. That's primarily focused around the warehouse and distribution industry, and then we also do training as well in uh, Vincennes at the training center that we have on campus. 
And that's another one of those programs that's supplemental to what we do uh, in our two-year degree programs. We have very established traditional two-year degree program where a student comes into that program on campus. Uh, and that's we, we call that Computer Integrated Manufacturing Technology, or CIMT. But we also have uh, work and learn programs at a number of locations uh, around the state where we're partnered with employers. We have a longstanding relationship with Toyota uh, and various employers uh, in southwestern Indiana that recruit, jointly recruit students with us out of high school into a two-year program where the student spends about half of the week in class with VU, about the other half of the week uh, at the work site, uh, actually working in the maintenance department uh, of a company. And upon com- conclusion there, the students typically, they will, they will pick up their associate's degree in CIMT, and they'll also have a full-time job waiting for them at the employer. But we do that in partnership with Toyota and companies in southwestern Indiana. Um, we do it in Lafayette uh, with Subaru. Uh, and Caterpillar and a number of companies there in the Lafayette, uh, Indiana area. And in partnership with the Indiana Manufacturers Association, we just opened uh, what is known as Central Indiana InFame. That's a program of uh, 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 that trains industrial maintenance techs through the through the American Manufacturers Association as well as the Indiana Manufacturers Association, and we are running that program out of the the ATC on the north side of the airport. But we've got a number of Central Indiana employers who have all uh, partnered uh, on that program, and uh, certainly Lido's who have uh, employers um, who are interested in developing industrial maintenance technicians should certainly take a look at the regional in-fame program in their area and see how they how they might connect those employers to that. And then just one other thing on that, Lee, is, is that VU was the first in the nation to partner with Amazon on their mechatronics and robotics apprenticeship program. So uh, Amazon knew our history in training industrial maintenance techs. We've worked a program with them where they send in workers uh, from across North America. I think we've had 30 different states represented uh, so far. These workers come in uh, from across the country to our campus in Vincennes and uh, learn industrial maintenance and then rotate back out to their facilities uh, across the country. But but uh, uh, about 25% of uh, of those students, um, and we've, we've now trained, uh, I think, about 350 of these industrial maintenance uh, technicians, um, you know, about uh, about 25 percent of them uh, come from uh, from facilities in, in Indiana. And we expect that the new facility up in Fort Wayne uh, for Amazon will will send will send people um, the uh, they are certainly sending folks from uh, central Indiana. Um, and I, and I say that, you know, primarily for Lido's to be thinking in terms of if there's some kind of a program uh, that could benefit from training over a particular period of time, Vincent's University will be very interested in bringing those trainees to campus for a program of that type. Uh, the Amazon trainees come in for, for 12 weeks. Uh, the training that we do for Toyota and Subaru, that's, that's 15 weeks. So it is uh, highly customizable um, and scheduling is flexible. And we'd like to try to figure out how we can impact even more employers positively as well as, uh, as, well as workers' careers positively. When you say Amazon, 
then you can't help but sort of make by extension. I know that VU has a big footprint in training, doing other kinds of logistics training. What else is that in terms of logistics? We run a truck driver training school, uh, so that is a uh, that is a you know a, a program um, for students to come in and obtain CDL licenses. Um, the, the the training prepares them to take the CDL test, but I think we have about a ninety two percent pass rate on that. You know, I do hear from uh, people across the state uh, what a dire need there is for CDL drivers, and that is a that, that is a tough one. Uh, to crack uh, on local training because it's just it, 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 it's hard to 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 start up a program uh, locally in that the the barriers to entry you know involve power units and semi trailers and facilities and insurance and fuel uh, as well as trying to find instructors uh, but certainly uh, any anybody that's close enough to our Plainfield location. Um, can tap into the CDL training that we do there. And, and another important thing to keep in mind is that we do, uh, we can arrange shorter term training to prep people for a CDL. So, so if a company has uh, a number of employees that they would like to, to, that are, that are already with them, that they'd like for them to get a CDL and, and say they're driving smaller uh, vehicles, but they're already employed, they're already insured by, by the company or say the municipality, uh, we can help uh, get those people uh, ready to uh, take the CDL test in much shorter order than, uh, than uh, a month-long training class. Yeah, also, uh, uh, you know, as far as logistics are concerned, we do uh, warehouse and distribution uh, essentials. So all of the components of what goes on in the warehouse and distribution center, which is uh, receiving, uh, inventorying, and uh, processing orders, and then outbound, uh, again, uh, our uh, classes, training classes that we offer uh, at our training facility. And, and I think you know this because you've had a chance to visit, but we, uh, we operate a fully functional working warehouse. So, so the, training, the training that we do in logistics, as well as the training that we do in, in, in all the other areas, uh, is very hands-on and it's very practical. We aren't sitting in a classroom talking about these concepts, although we do, we, we do spend time in the classroom, uh, you know, understanding the theory behind it and the principles. Uh, but our students are actually out uh, in the warehouse uh, running fork trucks and receiving inventory and putting it away and, and processing orders back out again. We do fork truck certification at that facility. So anybody that is in need of fork truck certification could take advantage of our, uh, of our playing field facility. And safety is, 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 an, is a very important element of what goes on, whether it's in a manufacturing facility uh, or a logistics facility. And, uh, and, and so we also offer a wide variety of safety courses. And we do that across the state of Indiana. We're the safety training provider for ABC. So we do that at those six locations. Um, so chances are, if Alito has uh, a, has member companies that are having a hard time getting safety training or are spending perhaps more than what they uh, would like because they got to fly in a safety trainer from from another state, we can probably offer uh, whatever is needed at just about any location around the state. Safety training then leads into another topic, and I think this is probably 
geographically centered in the southern part of the state, but the mining training. Oh, sure. You know, there's still about 10,000 coal miners in the state of Indiana, and they are primarily primarily located in the southwestern uh, part of the state. Uh, But we do new miner training uh, at our facility in Fort Branch, Indiana, as well as refresher training. Uh, We run the Indiana uh, State Mine Rescue Competition uh, every year uh, in partnership with uh, the Mine Safety Health Administration uh, and with member companies. But it is important to note that that mining encompasses more than just uh, miners, uh, you know, shuttling down underground to coal mines in that it includes all surface coal mining, um, as well as uh, sand and gravel operations, uh, stone quarries. So, uh, so you know, most Lido's will have a sand and gravel operation um, or a quarry or some kind of uh, and more of what we would associate with an open pit or or or, or a surface uh, mining operation. And those all of those folks are subject to MSHA regulations as well as new miner training and refresher training. So we uh, we do offer training uh, around the state, as you can imagine. Most of it's in southwestern Indiana, but we do a lot of training. Uh, in Indianapolis, and uh, we can uh, we can offer that even northwest, northeast Indiana, uh, if called upon to do that. I never thought about that as being for the, the gravel pits uh, and some of those operations. So mining is a little bit misleading. I altered the list a little bit. So you t- during the construction trades discussion, you talked about apprenticeships. Uh, are there other apprenticeships that are offered as part of what you're doing? Yeah, sure. So the, the the Amazon partnership that we have is a registered apprenticeship in mechatronics, um, which basically uh, means automation and robotics. It's an apprenticeship for people whose job it is to keep automated lines running um, and uh, robot arms uh, moving and doing all those kinds of things. And uh, we also have been continue to be involved in providing the related technical instruction uh, and that's a that's a term of art that's used in uh, in apprenticeships DOL language uh, but we work with uh, w- with a number of uh, manufacturing companies like Allison in Indianapolis and GM uh, in Bedford on their related technical instruction uh, related to their apprenticeships uh, that they have in their facilities uh, those are mostly um, uh, tool and die makers or machinists, as well as uh, maintenance technicians. You and I had some conversations at one time, and, and we, we couldn't, I think, right about the time that the pandemic was hitting, and uh, we couldn't continue. But uh, on the list of training topics is uh, leadership. So how do you all approach leadership? Yeah, we, uh, we developed a, a series of leadership modules uh, for the workforce ready grants uh, that came out uh, several years ago, and as you may recall, you know the the requirements for an employer to tap into those workforce ready grants was that it would have to be forty hours of instruction. And so, what we what we've done on that is we have we have three three modules. Uh, each that are 20 hours, which are basically an entry-level uh, leadership and supervision class. We've got an intermediate leadership and supervision, and then a and then a higher-level class. And and we see most of our employers 
uh, enroll, as you can imagine, uh, the bulk of their employees that have any type of supervisory responsibility into level one. And then uh, many of them will go on to level two. But as to employees that already are in supervisory roles um, and are and are pretty familiar. Sometimes they'll start with level two and go on to, to level three. We started that uh, several years ago, pre-pandemic, and all of our instruction was was face-to-face. We would bring instructors to uh, to communities and and we've and we've done that around the state, primarily at the behest of Lido's. Um, who are interested? They, they are they're hearing about the need for 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 leadership and supervision training, and know there isn't a good resource that can do that uh, locally. So we uh, we would uh, come to the communities and do that face to face. We actually had a couple of programs that were in they were in process uh, when the pandemic hit in March of 2020, and we were able to uh, convert those over to online uh, classes. Uh, and not really miss a beat. So now we offer that both uh, both in person and online. We do it in a Zoom Zoom format so that uh, so that the participants can see each other and can communicate and can also break out into into smaller groups. But that's the leadership and supervision uh, uh, programs have been uh, a really really good way for VU to connect with uh, employers around the state. And like I said, most of those. Uh, most of those programs have been brokered by uh, by Lido's uh, with groups of employers uh, in in the communities uh, that they represent. And and you know one of the things just to you know for for Lido's to keep in mind on the need for this leadership and supervision training is that you know so many employers their supervisors come from the entry level uh, ranks in that most of the people that are that that are supervising and leading uh, the companies. Um, have ha- have grown into their roles organically rather than getting recruited uh, from outside, and so oftentimes that's a difficult transition for somebody uh, to make who could be, you know, a very good operator but uh, have no experience at what it would be like to to be a a team lead, you know, or a shift supervisor, or, or or something like that. And that and and I say that in the context of manufacturing, uh, but we've also worked with uh, uh, with employers that are uh, in health healthcare uh, and in IT and in other industries. And I know one of the first things that, or at least one of the things that you and I talked about, and this may not be quite as relevant maybe to, to uh, our local economic developers, but just touch briefly on the role that VU has in distance education. Yeah, so we, we, we've been doing distance education degrees for a, for, for a really long time. Uh, as you can imagine, We've seen a real growth in our enrollments on our distance education programs because people are much more technologically savvy and because, um, you know, Internet services is much more available to uh, to folks these days. Uh, but also in the pandemic, you know, there were lots and lots of people that, you know, that the only way that they could take advantage of education uh, was online. And there are indications that a lot of people will not go back to to face to face even when that is is an option again and VU is uh, open for face to face classes we resumed our face to face instruction uh, on campus and in all, all of our instructional sites in here in mid August um, but uh, but certainly distance education we see growing uh, both on 
uh, in certification, short-term programming, as well as our shorter-term educational certificates um, and our degrees as well. And and one of the things that I uh, that that I think that Lido's could consider taking advantage of. Uh, are the uh, certificates of program completion, which are basically short-term technical academic credentials and and or certificates of graduation, which are basically the equivalent of one year of college, which combines some some skilled learning um, with a handful of general education courses. But a number of those courses are eligible for the next level jobs uh, scholarships. And, and I really believe that, that working with employers and helping them understand that whether they recruit a high school graduate or someone recently returning to their community uh, or somebody who's already employed that could benefit from, from garnering one of these uh, one-year programs can do that at no cost to the, to the student. The tuition is all covered by next level jobs. And, and what we've seen some of our partners do now is focus in on, okay, let's recruit some people into these next level jobs programming. And because they don't need a, a tuition scholarship, we could help them out with some other things maybe a stipend, maybe uh, some items that are associated um, with their uh, training. And a very good example of that is, uh, is a program that we're going to start spring semester at the Made at Plainfield facility. And uh, Indiana University Health Foundation has put some money behind recruiting a cohort of pharmacy tech students. And these pharmacy tech students will be, uh, they will be coming to the Made building for a few, uh, for a few uh, face-to-face sessions, but they're going to be studying the online program uh, at VU. But the beauty of that is because the tuition is paid for by the state, IU Health is putting their money into buying scrubs, uh, buying books, paying for some stipends uh, for students to get to and from their internship uh, programs. So I'd be very interested to visit you know, with, uh, with Lido's about this uh, list of next level jobs programs that are available for full tuition payment and how we might be able to bring that to their communities. And remember, a, a, a community doesn't need to bring an entire cohort of students. All they've got to do is they, they, can, they can recruit individuals uh, who would join in online co- cohorts that we'll be teaching through VU uh, in the normal course of our online instruction. <laughs> it's it's uh, fascinating to me how, you know, we all had to learn to, to do things very differently last year. But I really appreciate how, you know, you and and the folks at VU have been able to pivot and actually, I think, turn that into an advantage that probably plays very well with that cohort of students. Yeah, to give, you know, to give people some kind of perspective on 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 that, the pivot that took place, you know, we uh, we sent our students home uh, March 13th of 2020. Uh, and March 16th, we were offering all of our classes online. So we closed face-to-face and we went to all, all online instruction. We built 900 online courses uh, basically over a weekend. Hmm. Um, you know, so uh, it, was, uh, it, it was a great effort to make that transition and to, and to be able to, to allow students to continue to learn and putting teachers in a position that they could continue to teach. But to your point, you know, 
now that we've now that we've built that out and now that we know that we can be successful with it that gives us a, a great opportunity to connect uh, to uh, students around the state that otherwise wouldn't make the you know make make the trip have the time to spend a year or two years on our campuses well and that's good to know and i think that's a good placeholder uh, one of the first things I think I remember maybe talking to you about many years ago, because I was so intrigued with this concept, was Vincent University has some unique programming within Indiana high schools. And uh, I remember thinking at the time, the first time probably that, that I learned about it, it was in one school. And I think it's now in a number of schools but talk about this innovative program that you operate within the high school that really gives students tremendous sort of bang for the buck in terms of while they're doing high school, they're also getting college credit. Talk about the, that programming. For decades, we have been running dual credit in high schools and we run that under the, uh, under the tagline of Project Excel. And so we're in, I think, 150 or so high schools uh, across the state um, where high schoolers enroll in a course uh, in their regular high school programming, but it's actually a VU course. Um, It's taught by typically by an instructor uh, at the high school who's been credentialed uh, to teach and they teach the VU course um, and the student gets both high school credit towards their diploma. Uh, but also gets transcripted VU credit uh, that they can apply towards towards their towards an associate's degree. Uh, on the gen ed side, almost all of those classes are part of the uh, core transfer library. So if a student takes it through VU, uh, if it's part of the core transfer library, it is universally transferable to any of the other six uh, state schools. So a student doesn't have to come to VU to have that credit. Uh, apply to their degree that they that they might seek at another at another state school. Um, we also uh, offer and so and so we do general education in a lot of high schools, and then we do technical education uh, in almost all of the career and tech uh, ed centers, the CTE centers uh, located a, across the state. And so students can pick up dual credit uh, they could that they could apply toward to to, to kind of short shorten the amount of time they would have to spend on CTE programming that they might pursue after high school. Um, and then uh, I think that, you know, the, the, the most innovative and, and the most transformative programming uh, that came out of Project Excel are early colleges. And early colleges are, are intense uh, dual credit programming where a student and their family commits to a very rigorous set of classes uh, that students typically start taking uh, their sophomore year uh, and then uh, really build that up their junior year uh, and senior year. And uh, upon completion of an early college program, uh, many, uh, many of our students both graduate from high school and complete an associate's degree uh, at the same time. Um, and for students uh, that don't complete their associate's degree, uh, typically they'll only have about a, a, a semester uh, left to finish some programming. Typically they do that on our campus, uh, but they can, uh, they can basically bang that out 
uh, the fall after the in the summer and fall after they graduate from high school and they've got an associate's degree, you know, by Christmas after they've graduated from high school. And like I said, uh, the greater percentage of our students pull down their associate's degree at the same time uh, they complete their their high school diploma. Uh, many of those students uh, are enrolled in programs that will take them directly to careers. Uh, and many of uh, many students uh, who are more on a more general education track use that to uh, transfer directly to a four year program, either at VU or one of the one of the state schools. Um, you know, we've, we've been very successful in that, in that type of programming. And we are especially successful, you know, where, where, where uh, businesses are partnered uh, with the high schools with, with a real in, intention to recruit students out of that programming onto jobs. So I, I would very much encourage Lido's to, to, to visit with the superintendents and the career and technical education center directors as to what dual credit is available um, and how that might be used to benefit uh, the employers uh, in the area. And also, if Lido's are hearing from uh, their employers, hey, look, we sure could use some programming in this area or that area. They could work with us and the school corporations uh, to implement that programming in the localities. So when students are going through that dual program, so where, where they finish high school with a, a diploma and an associate's degree, how is that paid for? Are the parents paying tuition the same way they would if the, if the student were going to be on campus for a couple of years at VU? Typically, uh, typically the credit hour cost uh, for that is $25 a credit hour. Um, but for students that are on free and reduced lunch, uh, it is it is free. So you can imagine how paying for college at $25 a credit hour is just a tremendous uh, savings to families and students. Uh, and then for low-income uh, students, it's not a barrier for them to participate if they can't afford the $25 a credit hour. But it is, as I recall, it is time intensive. Uh, students have to agree uh, because there are, I mean, there are hours beyond the, the regular school day, as I recall. And it does require a, a much more intensive period of time because they're doubling up. But there are obviously advantages beyond that. Yeah, the expectations are very high. And uh, we try to to make it, you know, very clear to a student and his or her family what they are getting themselves into, and it's not. It certainly isn't. It isn't for everybody. You know, if a if a student wants to focus more on uh, sports or band or other extracurricular activities, oftentimes that's that that's really not possible while pursuing. Uh, early college, but you know, but for many students um, who are really focused on 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 their academics, and remember, this, this is not this is not necessarily your, your your most high achieving students who 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 are solely focused on on going to four year uh, programming. I mean, it's it, it's students who who understand how important higher ed is and will be to them and to be able to take advantage of a vehicle like this while they're in high school at low or, or, or no cost to them, you know, can really, uh, can really launch those uh, students. 
So as we finish up, you've alluded a number of times to interactions that you have with LIDO directors. Talk a little bit, share a little bit how, if if there are uh, IEDA members around the state hearing this and they want to figure out how to work with Vincennes University, how do they do that? Yeah. And I'll, you know, I'll just give, uh, you know, one example out of, you know, your and my own personal experience that you that you referred to, you know, earlier, which was, you know, when you did that motorsports uh, survey, you know, you'd been in touch with the uh, mayor at the time uh, of Lebanon, Indiana, Huck Lewis, who was looking to do uh, some kind of a training program and was working on 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 some basic ideas around that. What what would it look like? Uh, how would they finance it? What you know? What would the tr- what what would the uh, what would the building actually be there to do? And you know, with your introduction to uh, the mayor, we partnered with Haas Automation and got some Gene Haas Foundation grant money and some TIF funding. And you know, and lo and behold, two years later, there's the Gene Haas. Uh, training and education center in Lebanon, and that's not to say that 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 every uh, every discussion uh, goes like that. As most leaders know, uh, most of them mo- most of them don't. But it, it is it, it's really you know being there at the right time and bringing the right resources uh, together um, that get these projects done. And I I, I am uh, very available to host. Uh, leaders and or, or community leaders, whether those are uh, members, you know, of the Economic Development Corp or, or or mayors or county councilors at any of the training facilities that we run, you know, or come to your, uh, you know, come to your community and meet with you about what are the what are the challenges that you're facing? What are some solutions that VU might bring to bear? Um, and uh, how and how could we uh, how could we resolve that? Uh, so I'm very available. You know, my uh, my email is dtucker at venue.edu. And and I think, Lee, you can probably put that up somewhere. And uh, yep. uh, and my phone number is 812-899-2588. That's the best place to to reach me. Um, but would certainly would certainly like to to visit with uh, with Lido's about uh, what you know what what are they facing and how 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 might we help them because I'm a lifelong Hoosier. Um, you know, I'm I'm interested in what's best for for the businesses and the communities uh, and the residents of Indiana. And so, you know, if if something you know if something in Alito's toolbox can be combined with something that I've got in my VU toolbox, and might be combined with some resources in an employer's toolbox or a or a mayor or a county council's uh, toolbox, then that's what I'm. That, that's what I'm interested in doing. You know, I'm, I'm also very aware that Lido's, you know, they, they, they can't force businesses to do training uh, and workforce development. You know, they can't, they can't force the, the school corporation superintendents to, to start up programs. They, you know, they, they can't force mayors and county counselors to, to fund workforce programs, but they can broker those things. And by bringing together the right partners, which, which in many cases, VU is the right partner on the higher ed side. You know, we can, uh, we can, we can help to get to, you know, to workforce solutions um, that are good for communities and, and regions and ultimately the state of Indiana. Dave, it's always an honor and a pleasure to get to spend time with you. And you and I have had some very, very productive exchanges over the years. And I know that's going to continue. I want to thank you for, for spending time with me today. 
And thanks, thanks for having me on your podcast. Today, I've been talking with Dave Tucker. He is the Vice President for Workforce Development and Community Services with Vincennes University. And Dave, as always, I appreciate your time and uh, thanks for chatting. Thanks a lot. You've been listening to IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for the members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. This is Lee Llewellyn, and whether it sounds like it or not, I really am trying to be a lot less annoying on these podcasts. Uh, This podcast is copyright 2021, all rights reserved, not sure anybody else would want them.